0: Welcome to the Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening.
1: I don't believe we're speaking enough about the treatment of those with dementia who are in the nursing homes and in their own homes, perhaps. So I met on April 10th, 2020, with three psychiatric nurse practitioners, advanced nurse practitioners, who told me about their experiences and concerns. They are Valerie Colbert, Keith Jones, and George Petrone. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing your observations and your interactions with this community as we try to continue to give them the services that they desperately need. This was done by a conference call, so please excuse the less than optimum audio quality, but we can hear what they have to say. What I'd like to do is capture a sense of ALFs in the nursing homes and what it's like for those people to be isolated. Do they have the staff to feed them all individually in their rooms? Mental health care to them could be different. You guys are going into nursing homes, and what's it like in the ALS? What's it like for these people? How are they getting services? How's your life, Valerie? How's it going? Busy.
0: I come home, and I'm still exhausted. I get on the phone with them and I go, you know, Medicare doesn't want to pay if it's not audio visual. Give me your email. Most of the time I can get them to get it to work. For some reason, one didn't work yesterday. I don't know why. She just couldn't get her microphone and camera to work. So we just did FaceTime instead. But I'm finding that I'm going to have to do home visits because the people that I see at home are just too demented. I did a phone call with a woman the other day. When you're with her, she's pretty with it. But on the phone, she's like asking me, and who are you and why are you talking to me? Well, because your neurologist asked me to see you and treat you for the depression. And she goes, oh, I don't remember him. I said, he's the neurologist that Dr. Levine referred you to. How many older people that just don't have iPads, smartphones, but especially in in the facility.
1: And I'm sure for everybody else, if there wasn't a husband or a daughter or somebody on the phone concurrently, half the time you wouldn't know what's going on.
0: This lady that didn't, you know, with the, who's Dr. Chen? who are you? Aide and the grandson left so that she could have privacy talking to me. I go, yeah, but she doesn't know about her meds. So I had to call back the aide yesterday. And the I could hear the aid in the background. Just tell her the meds are the same. I said, no, I need to know if you ever tried the new medicine. And it turns out she took it for a week because Cymbalta made her act weird and made her too sleepy and upset her stomach. So she stopped it. I go, well, that's important. You can tell me. I can't assume that she's on a medicine unless I know that she's on a medicine. So true. So my question was, I know I've seen a lot online about this, and I have some issues with this, too, is that people who live close to state borders have people they see in the office that come from over the state line to see them, and now all of a sudden they're sheltering in place, and you see them via telemedicine, even though they're in another state, supposed to be licensed in the state where the patient is.
1: I don't know if it would be a federal waiver or a state-by-state state waiver. I would also hope that people would understand what you're doing, especially if it's an established patient. You don't want to deny ongoing care for this particular reason, but it's a very valid question I think we'll
0: have to ask. It goes Go also to patients that I see who are Florida residents who are away and now all of a sudden are sheltering in place out of state. Now they come back and see me in person like every three three to six months. But at the same time, right now they can't.
1: One of the things that strikes me about, well, it goes back to what you said, Valerie, at the very beginning, you have to start making home visits. A lot of the people who suffer from dementia just do not have the wherewithal. They just can't deal with the electronic. The real challenge is here.
0: Down at, I guess, down in Hollywood or something, and she's having some behavior problems, and she has a geriatric care manager that normally brings her up to me. The geriatric care manager isn't even being let into the facility so that she can do FaceTime with me. So there's no way that staff there is over. So, there's no way I can get an eye on this woman to see what's going on in order to change her message.
1: I will say, my mom is at a place up in Palm Beach, and they actually, the activities director, FaceTime anybody who wanted to speak to a loved one. And brought the phone in the room, and of course, my mother really didn't understand the FaceTime thing, but that was something I recommended to different facilities in senior living communities is that it may be necessary for us to have them go in with a phone and at least to be able to put eyes on the clients and talk to them for however long that would last. You may want to see if one of the staff members, even though they're overwhelmed, might assist you with that. When I would go into the ALFs or the nursing homes, almost on a daily basis, everyone would be taken out. Out of their rooms, put in central rooms, somebody who would come in, entertain them, do those types of things. Are these folks being kept in their rooms? All of the places I go to, which is three of them, and my mom would be four, assisted living communities, all of them are quarantined in their rooms at this point. And they're allowed out occasionally, but...
0: a place that still has them sitting on top of each other in the dining room and still has them playing bingo together, sitting on top of them when there's plenty of room for them to each sit at a separate table, but they're still sitting all on top of each other playing bingo. And I spoke to the LPN there and I said, you can't do this. This is, you know, not social distancing. And the answer was, well, the director says there's no cases here, so it doesn't matter. Well, and the
2: thing is also there's, I think a lot of the facilities guys who are a little bit, not higher end, but they're, they're very good because residents have their own rooms. But in Miami, it's very common for homes to be this ALS and a lot of times they have two patients for a room, sometimes even four, and they all have dining area where the majority of them congregate. So I don't think places like these, and there's many of them in Miami, so I think many of them don't have the ability to even separate the patients if they wanted to.
1: Well, I don't hear this being discussed that much in the media. They had a gotten a physician. Mother and father are like 95 and 96 and got rid of caregiver because we were afraid they would bring virus into my parents, and trying to navigate a 95, 96-year-old home alone with the family helping. The parents live on their own in their separate apartment. We had talked about the isolation, the loneliness, and the difficulty of what they're experiencing. And I think it's very broad-based. They may not be talking about it very much.
0: There's another issue, too that there's one facility that Keith and I go to that has some corona cases and we really can't go there even if we wanted to because if you've been to a place with coronavirus you can't go to any other place because they won't let you in.
1: Rightfully so. Last Friday they took my temperature they asked me a series of questions, and they asked me which places I had been to, which I had only been to one other place that I had been holding off for several weeks. But essentially, took the temperature, maybe washed my hands in front of them in the sink, and then I wore a mask the whole day. I sat thinking apart at different tables. I was at one end. The clients were at a different end in a private room. We kept it very much those guidelines. For a lot of these clients, seeing somebody with a mask on was difficult because they didn't really understand why do you have a mask on, even though all the staff wearing them, And they keep asking,
0: can't you take your mask off? I can't hear you.
1: So there's a lot of challenges. The question that I want to ask, which I asked before, is realistically, what can we do to mitigate this? And I don't really know unless there is somebody who can do a lot of telemedicine from within the facilities. And that's got its limitations as well. A lot of people, God bless them, because of their cognitive impairments, they still need the psychiatric care to be sure, but they don't understand what's going on. They didn't understand the face in the phone or the face in the tablet because I tried it with another facility, them bringing in their iPad and trying to do it with a client. And did it with two of them that day, but both of them were like, Who's this? And to your point, Valerie, one of the guys is yeah, he's not hearing. So it was quite challenging for that day and not very funny, even though it's funny, but they were like, Who is this person in this machine? Essentially, they relate to a face person. They may not always recognize who it is. When you're seeing something in a phone or a tablet, they didn't quite compute exactly how that translated to a provider. It would be nice, maybe if workable, that it would be a split screen between someone in the patient's family, a daughter, or somebody that say, Mom, it's okay, okay, I'm here too. That's uh, a great idea. I, I just don't know how, How can't have a conference call, it's not the time to do it. I would hope it would work though. Now, you earlier regarding the over-the-state line, CMS had issued some guidance that they were trying to get, I saw it someplace in one of the articles, they were trying to get more nurse practitioners and physicians and nurses, to George's point allowed to work across state lines and kind of like that compact agreement basically if you were qualified in one state qualified in more of them so that way you could go right. and help. I believe they had worked on that to some degree.
2: I'm sending you guys right now the latest update. so I'm sending you a blog every state state by state because it's been talked about a lot in the psychiatry group basically right now what's happening is a state by state waiver every state has its own waiver it's not centralized by any means a lot of providers are reporting Though, is that the states are really making it difficult. It's still not easy to get the waiver. Thank
1: you. Thank you. I wish we had more time to go into more of this. You folks have highlighted an aspect of what we are trying to continue, namely good care, and I think there has been a little bit over enthusiasm for telemedicine and it doesn't apply to everybody and what you just pointed out there are many people who need the face-to-face visuals you said Keith, the ability to see to whom they're talking and they can trust and that element of trust has got to be so problematic right now and why can't I go out and watch the movies and sing the songs? You have to be more attentive and give more thought to this. Any last thoughts, guys? Any last thoughts? I've been getting a lot of calls with the behavioral issues from these senior living communities. I deal a lot with dementia clientele who are having Albert's behaviors and aggression. I'm trying to mitigate some of those issues so they're not, because one of the staff said, would have called EMS and sent this person out, but they were point blank, we're not taking anybody to the hospital right now. So it was either deal with it, the place, and I did. And I told all the communities that and my goal was not to come in and only come for emergencies and handle most things by phone or try to do telehealth to mitigate the behavioral problems that were going on. Really, the emergencies, which right now they seem to be more and more of them, but to your point where the longer this goes on for some of the people, the more difficult comes for the staff and I know the staff is very overwhelmed and they're just appreciative to know that somebody's on the other end. I'm dealing with clients that are also on hospice and the and the hospice people are not providing some of the needed things. So the families are calling me and asking me to try to help some of the Issues, and I am, because at this point, I don't think any of them are suffering with some of the difficulties they're struggling with, behaviors or anxiety or having a lot of issues. One lady was up all night, and she lives with her husband. He's 95, and she's 93. She has dementia, and he's pretty with it, but he has health issues. She needed some Ativan, to, which I didn't prescribe for her originally. they had run out of it, and hospice would be weak. It's okay, so I gave her emergency supplies. Thank you all very much. Keep well and keep up your good work.